Welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast. My name is Samantha Hearn and I'm the host of this amazing channel. I wanted to bring you a place where you hear from myself and other amazing, inspirational business people on their journey to the success they've created. I wanted to bring you the offline journeys to the online successes that we see on social media. I want to create a place where you hear the struggles people have been through, the challenges, the lessons they've learned, the mistakes they've made, so that you know that ordinary people can create extraordinary things every single day, and that it is totally possible for you too. The Be Bold in Business podcast is a place where you are going to hear real, genuine, warts and all stories from some of the most exceptional people in business and how they succeeded anyway. If you are ready to show up in your business, if you are ready to be bold, if you are ready to learn from your mistakes, if you are ready to bounce back and become more resilient, this is the podcast for you. And me, Samantha Hearn, I cannot wait to welcome you, support you, empower and inspire you and share with you the stories that sometimes don't get shared online and give you this real refreshing approach on how building a business sometimes can be hard, sometimes involves failing, sometimes involves struggle, but you can still succeed anyway. So welcome to the Be Bold in Business podcast, and I cannot wait for you to take your invitation to be bold in your business too. Welcome to another episode of Be Bold in Business, and today we're talking to someone that has definitely had their fair share of, as I would call it, plopping moments, where they've fallen <laughs> in the pond and have definitely not been sat on the lily pad. And I think it's a really good opportunity for you to hear from someone else who is as we would say, successful, but didn't always have this journey or path in life. And what I want you really, my invitation from you when you're listening to this conversation is to take yourself to the place where Susie is going to take you from the struggles, the challenges, the parents, the family, the marriages, all of this stuff, and think, how can I still keep going if Susie has been able to do that too. So I just want you to really strip this back in your mind and ask yourself how you can relate everything we talk about into your life. But before we get into the nitty gritty, hello, Susie. Hi, Samantha. I just loved you the moment I first met you and I'm so psyched to be spending more time with you. So thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I'd love it if you just give everyone a bit of an intro to who you are, your business, what you do, just, you know, tell us about you. Yes. I mean, I typically keep it simple. I'm an author and advice columnist. I'm the resident life uh, coach for a site called Greatest, which is pretty fun. And I help people become more confident simply by helping them understand what's what's essentially holding them back. That's That's it. Um, I love that. And I, there's so much more to that, but (laughs) get that that brief for you. But I think that's important because then you can obviously go to the links and stalk her yourself. But I would love to start at a poignant question because mm-hmm. why not? Yes. And I think our, from what I know of you and spending time with you, there's quite a lot of similarities with how we view life now, but mm-hmm. the plopping moments, as I call them, mm-hmm. um, in your life pre-business And I'd like to ask, from all of these struggles, and of course, please tell us and talk more about those, do you think that the struggles you faced as a child and a teenager are credit to 
the fact that you're so tenacious and resilient now? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. I've thought that myself because uh, I had a very unusual upbringing, addiction, a lot of dysfunction. We moved around a lot, lived in different women's shelters for a period. You know, we grew up in the US, we call it welfare, in the UK, we call it social security, as you know. And I think that that kind of upbringing for me was a really great place of contrast to understand what I didn't want to be in my life. And I think that, you know, I understood that I was powerful young, that the stories and the, the role models I had were, you know, were, you know, my current experience, but I definitely didn't want them to be my future. And I think that, yes, it definitely gave me some fuel and some motivation. Uh, and I, I think that when I picked up my very, you know, first self-help book when I was 15, that kind of got me on the path of realizing that I am a powerful creator and what I create is going to be up to me. And I've kept going from there. So, yeah, I do think that the struggles help and they kind of give you perspective. And then when things go wrong in your adult life, in your business, or even personally, you're, you're better equipped, I think, because frankly, you've been through some can I swear? I mean, <laughs> you've been like, you've been through some stuff, right? And so I think, you know, when, uh, when future you know, obstacles come and they will always, you're just in a place of knowing that, Hey, I've been here. It's almost like nothing new in a way. Yeah. Did you ever feel, and I think this is important to cover definitely with what you do now. And obviously with the fact that you write the column and the book that's out and mm-hmm. you know, your social media presence, when you began, and I think that you will definitely have um, followers and people in your community and conversations around this, but because of your upbringing and the fact that you did come from a dysfunctional family, single parent family, you know, for mm-hmm. a lot of the time you moved around, you had no money. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like you weren't worthy of this mm-hmm. life that you dreamed of? Yes. I think that, uh, you know, when you become an adult and you you go out there into the real world and I had a corporate career for over 10 years. So I had like a different kind of training, I think prepared me for business, but I'd always feel a bit like, Oh, these are like the nice people, you know, like the, Mm -hmm. the, Oh, uh, I can, I can get by if I kind of learn how they do it, you know, or, Oh, these are the people who, um, who are, you know, they, they come from good families. Uh, These are, you know, I, my background, my family, like we, like we don't fit in here, you know? So I kind of had to learn how to adjust myself, how to almost like act in a certain way, just by mimicking other people and kind of like learn, like learn how to fit in anywhere. And I think that first of all, it's possible to do that. No matter your background, it's available if you want, if you want it to be. And yeah, I think that probably that feeling realistically, if I'm honest at some level will be there always will be there always in my life, but it's not going to be in the driver's seat of my life. Mm. And I feel as if, um, because I've just, I've spoken to so many people, interviewed them, coached them. I've realized that this is common for everybody, not just people who are poor or who are poor or people who had you know, specific traumas. I think on some level, we all feel this way. Uh, people from good families with good educations and so forth too. And it's all a bit different. We all have a kind of a different story around it. But I think it's just a common universal feeling, no matter who you are. And I find that quite soothing. Yeah, that's such a good point, actually. I, I never really think of it that way, even though it's so true, because I always think from the perspective of the 
what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you get the underdog, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have this idea that I really want the underdogs to win. I really Me want too. to kind of, yeah, you know, come on, you can do mm-hmm. this. But I think that actually sometimes the top dog, uh, as mm-hmm. we say, sometimes actually struggles the most with yeah. self-worth. And mm-hmm. Would you say... And I know I want to talk about the social media side and your beliefs around social media because I just think it's so refreshing. And to be honest with you, I think it's realistic. I know that everyone has their own view of metrics and likes and all that kind of stuff, but I really agree with the perspective that you're bringing to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we go down that route, I just want to spend a little bit more time in the mindset side of things and the, and the, the struggles, because I think that, if we're really honest, let's take someone that started an Instagram or they've started a Facebook page and it's been going, say, six months and they've got 50 likes and 40 of them are their friends and family. And they're mm-hmm. right at the beginning, you know, they're putting themselves out there. They're really trying. They're being consistent. And we would look at them and be like, that's amazing, Laura. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You're out there. You're doing your bit. Go you. Go you, girl. That's amazing. But they're relationship and perception of themselves of you know well I'm doing all this stuff and it's just not working it's not it's not happening I'm not getting any traction things like that before we go down the actual social media route what do you say to people to kind of protect their self-worth their mindset their value their their life because you would have started at that point. And this is what I think is really oh, yeah. important. When people follow, go and find your Instagram link and they see what you're doing now and the book and all of this stuff, you didn't just suddenly get to that point. But it's very easy now to focus on interviews and connecting with people to focus on, on the result. This is amazing, Susie. You've got nearly 80,000 followers and you, you've got this book and it's amazing and all of this. And everyone's like, yeah, that's great. But they forget that it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. It, but how did yeah. you... How did you how did you keep going when you were at that point where there just wasn't what there is now? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's such a good question. And I love going back, actually, because I think uh, it, it can also fuel us where we are at the moment. Because I feel, you know, now I feel like I'm just getting started and people are way ahead of me. I think the feeling almost never goes away wherever you are. But when I got started, I mean, I was, I, I, look, I still am. I do, I mean, I do the hard things. You know, I grew my email list using LinkedIn. I like one-on-one messaging people. I started by, you know, creating my own content pitching media, getting a lot of rejections. I still get a lot of rejections. And, you know, working one-on-one, emailing my contacts list, asking them for friends who might be interested in coaching for, you know, my entry-level price back then. So starting at that kind of very early place, it's, first of all, I think it can be really fun if you can not take it too seriously and just know that you don't have to be perfect, right? Um, And then also uh, understand that, and remember that, like you said, we, we all start there. I think that there are no exceptions to this. And when you look at anybody who may have followers and books or whatever, I mean, I've been doing this, what's it, seven years now? And it's a lot of work. Like, I sometimes I think if someone says, you know, oh, I put out a post and it didn't get that many likes or I didn't get in the media when I sent my pitch or like whatever it is, it's like, you know what, it doesn't happen one time. Mm-hmm. And the people who you see who are kind of getting the results that you want, they're doing a lot. It's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I feel like we want it all to be really easy and it has to be, you know, like one or two or three things that we do and that's enough. And anyone who's achieved a lot is doing a lot behind the scenes that you don't see. 
That's so true, isn't it? And it's so thankless. Like to write a book, I mean, it takes three years, essentially. Mm. Proposal stage, rewrites, edits, late night, paper everywhere. Why am I doing this? Crisis (laughs) over, over, over again. But you just see like a a cute book, right, that's got some cool reviews, which you also had to really hustle for. So I think that sometimes, uh, and I've I've actually, you know, I've been open about this and people are like, I just want to be a coach and I want to be out there. I'm like, you know what? There can't be an entitlement there either. We have to do the things right? There's no real shortcut. I even see it with people who try to buy their way to like a bestseller list or buy their influence. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work. You can have like a quick win, but it doesn't work. There's, there's no circumventing the hard work that goes into it and the consistency over the years. That is so true. And oh my God, like even when you think about it, people do just pick up the book and think, oh yeah, this is great. And they read it. And that's a perfect analogy for everything. Mm -hmm. well, in life, but I mean, definitely in business and social media, there's this one view, but there's so much that happens behind that. Mm-hmm. What, what made you leave corporate and go into this plethora of unknown <laughs> and just <laughs> chaos, to be honest, isn't it? Like, yeah. changes, there's people coming out the woodwork all the time, you're going live, you know, there's no pension being paid for you, there's no sick pay, what made you, and I think I relate to this obviously from teaching, you know, it's, it was such a safe, stable, great industry, and, you know, you step out of that, what, what made you leave that security? Yes, I've written about this a lot because I, I had a lot of, you know, a negative feedback because I had a really nice paying job working in tech. I mean, there, there are a lot of perks that come with it, but I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> like, that's the only thing. I mean, like, put it simply, I didn't want to do it. it. It was good work. It was fine. I could have stayed, but it wasn't my life's work. I started to get really restless mm. and I knew that I was meant to be doing something different. I always wanted to work for myself. I wanted to do meaningful work. And frankly, I think that safety is first of all an illusion right? Because I mean, look around, especially now, job security, good luck, right? It doesn't exist. And also, I mean, safety isn't the goal of the life well lived, right? It's like, yes, I made it through as unscathed as possible. Like there isn't a trophy for that, you know, nor a trophy for your That's suffering. That is yeah. So I feel like also I'm, look, I'm happy with a bit of risk. I think that risk is also largely subjective. You know, reality is an interpretation. And I remember at the time going, if I leave this really nice paying job, and I've always earned more than my husband too, uh, the worst that could happen is I kind of end up, give myself a year or whatever, and then give, you know, and then end up back at another job exactly the same, same desk, maybe different brand that I'm selling. But it didn't even seem that risky to me. I think that sometimes we just see the immediate future and we will choose misery over uncertainty. We will only focus on like what it is that's like even just the next couple of steps. Whereas if you take a step, like step back and remember your life, your larger purpose, the fact that very little is even uh, irreversible in a lot of cases, kind of can make you relax and think about, you know, decision-making a bit differently. I've never thought about it like that, that safety is not the goal. Like that's mm-hmm. its own, like safety safety really isn't the goal is it I've just no. had a little light bulb moment of like oh my god like yeah nobody wants to I mean I've read the, this book and I'm sure you have you know the top five regrets of the dying oh yes mm-hmm. such a good book and in there it talks about I wish I'd fulfilled my life more I wish I'd loved more I'd wish I'd taken those risks no one says oh I wish I was safer 
<laughs> right. Oh, woo! Yeah. Kept that job I was miserable, but yep, it was safe, and I've got that retirement plan. And, no. Like that. But how did your, you know, especially you know, with your sister, you've had this like upbringing, and you know, mm-hmm. I've got a twin brother as well, and we we at no, it wasn't this same situation, but we did come from a lot of grief and loss, and mm-hmm. um, you know, abandonment and things like that. And I think that your as a child, you you are then without any choice of your own your experiences are very much influenced and your mindset and your identity and did you find when you decided to want more or Mm -hmm. want to create more you know to put it bluntly it is that isn't it want more for our life absolutely yeah did you find your family or your friends or your husband did did you have conflict around that um no not exactly but I don't have anybody in my family who actually really understands me though so like they support me you know as best that they can and but uh I I don't feel like the most understood but it's not a negative thing it's just I think that I'm maybe just a little bit different in terms of what it is I want and by the way what's wrong with wanting it all I think it's very healthy to want, to have desire. Mm. And I think that it's okay to nurture that within yourself. It's not this, you know, how can I be the most selfless? How can I be, you know, all about other people? Being successful and following what it is that's right for you is a really generous act, in my opinion, because you give other people a real life role model. I would have really benefited from knowing like a businesswoman when I was a teenager. I would have really, you know, or someone who's doing their own thing. I didn't really have those role models. You can still seek them out in books. And I mean, now more than ever online, we didn't have that. But uh, yeah, I feel as if, yeah, there wasn't conflict, but there's just um, a little bit of um, a, I don't even know how to describe it. Just, yeah, like different lives, different kind of understandings. Yeah. But yeah, kind of respect. That's enough. Yeah, acceptance, but just they don't really get it. They're just like, cool, no. do your thing. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you know, that's enough. It's not, and look, I might like, for example, you know, my sister has kids. I, I can't relate to her in that way. I don't have children. I don't want them. So, and that's also cool. Yeah. But it's okay to also, you know, not follow your family's ideas, to not, to have them not agree with you. I mean, to friends too they don't like it when you abandon them and you kind of find other people in your life who are maybe a bit more like you and you can't help but interact with them because that's what growth is you know so it's okay to do that and it's okay to just to like not disconnect but to uh, have less connection in a loving way too I think as well for anyone listening to this that's going to be a real moment of just acceptance I think mm-hmm. yeah acceptance is the magic word isn't it but I, I really actually kind of want this to be like a bit of a moment of pause where they're listening and thinking it is okay if they want more and it's okay if other people around them don't get it it doesn't mean that it's bad mm. oh no desire makes life better right desire makes life worth living if your desires are gone you, like you're in the grave right we all have desires they vary because we're different humans, but, oh, yes. Like, think about it. Like, in the, the space between desire and attainment is where all the magic is, mm. isn't it? Like, okay. we're here for the, the fun manifesting, like, let it come to fruition. Right, right before I was on this call with you, I was just, you know, pitching a, a box for my book you know, for a club. And I'm like, well, this feels good. This just feels exciting. I don't know what they're going to say. Hopefully they say yes. Whatever they say, it's going to be okay with me because I'm confident. 
I yeah. worked on that. Uh, but that that's probably even more exciting, me having the idea and doing it than even getting the yes. Yeah, that's so true. And I think, you know, like we got brought together by a mutual friend to do a summit around, mm. um, hopefully when you're listening to this, it will be in the past, but who knows? But um, yeah. we got brought together to talk on an online summit around the coronavirus and how it affects your mindset and, you know, who you can be as an individual. And, um, of course, I knew of you, but we'd never actually been in a space together. And it was interesting because Diane, who was interviewing us, uh, if we were to think about personality types, especially if you're listening to this, Diane is a very good, um, like pragmatic person, loves to be able to help, gives a lot of support, is very proactive, but also very on the pulse of what's happening in the world, you know, very, very up to date and informed. And I would say probably myself and you, you know, if, if this is how you feel, but we're not, we're not very on the pulse with like current affairs and the news, um, very kind of in, not in our own bubbles in, um, in an ignorant way, but just in our own bubbles in the sense of let's just bring what we can to a situation. And even on the interview, Diane said, oh, it's really interesting. You know, you're two, you're the two most positive people that I know. And when I'm now actually putting you together and finding out, it's because you detach from so much of the negativity that we're exposed to, like the news or the fear or, you know, the the kind of trends that come up that don't bring any joy. Mm -hmm. And this kind of is going to start us being able to talk about the social media side. But I think I would quite like to touch on that because I think it takes a certain individual to not... So, for example, so my husband is... And I don't know about yours, but he watches the news. So Luke's very good at knowing what's going on in the world and, you know, mm-hmm. keeping up to date and says to me things... In the, and he's like, oh, have you heard about this? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Is that the same? Uh, he listens to it a little more, but he kind of knows not to tell me unless yeah. it's uh, something really important, like if I need to know, or unless, frankly, there's something good that's worth sharing. Yeah, so... I would, but there was a point that people would think that my lack of knowledge around the world or the news or things like that was almost like naivety. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, what are you, why would you not want to find out about more? And I think the reason I'm asking this is I think this is going to be a good segue into social media because it's quite a similar principle. I'm, I'm anticipating yeah. your answer to be, but mm-hmm. do you feel actually more empowered by knowing less than you would? if you knew things that didn't benefit you, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, it's completely intentional, right? It's not because I don't understand the news, <laughs> right? It's not like we're sitting here going, oh, wait, how do, wait, I don't understand any of those words. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's completely intentional and it's our right to be exposed to as much or as little as we want. And whatever anyone decides is fine for them. But I know that just because it's available 24-7 doesn't mean my consumption has to be. And the most important thing I have in my life is you know, where I direct my mind. And I'm not going to choose to feel powerless and overwhelmed and frightened. It's not good for you physically, definitely not good for you mentally. And frankly, I feel like I've got too much to do, too much important stuff to do to just be like this passive consumer always, always, always. And that's uh, not only how I also just feel in control, but it's how I, I'm, I'm, I'm more useful because I'm making a contribution versus kind of adding to the noise or adding to the panic. Have you always been that confident in that approach? Is it something that you've learned? Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you did 
over consuming it you know left you feeling overwhelmed or have you always had this level of I want to choose what I feed my mind yeah I think so actually because you know I think the the best information we can have from our bodies is you know is our emotions and if something doesn't feel good it's my my body saying stop that Mm. right like stop that thought stop that conversation right stop like listening to whatever it is or paying attention and I I respect that I kind of I've learned to just kind of respect my body my body knows our bodies are so intelligent Mm. Samantha like the trillions of cells in our body like they know what the right thing is this is why I even love NLP techniques like how to make a decision your body knows you know and so I trust it around people around the media around social media like whatever it is and I follow just what feels good because that kind of makes the the only sense to me like I don't want to choose to feel like unhappy guilty resentful scared because you know those feelings happen anyway consumption Mm -hmm. or no consumption so I don't need to dial them up they don't need any like cheerleaders no (laughs) frankly I couldn't have said that better myself I'm exactly the same I think that you know we all have our own struggles why why make that intentionally worse Mm -hmm. as it were you know like we've all got enough to be contending with on a daily basis with the with our own experiences aside from then choosing to pile more onto that Mm -hmm. Uh, but again like you said it's it's a choice for everyone but I think it's I I just thought it was important to recognize that as a commonality between two people having a conversation that share quite similar views and have a positive mindset and it's not because I think now especially with social media there's a lot around mindfulness, meditation, um, NLP, tapping. There's a lot about that. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes if, if someone was to maybe find you or I, they could potentially think, oh, I wonder what techniques or modalities they've used to get this positive mindset, as opposed mm-hmm. to sometimes it's just an intentional, habitual way of living, you know, that we've mm-hmm. chosen over time to just take a step back and dilute what it is that goes in. And therefore, what comes out is of a yes. entity. Yes, exactly. I mean, I don't want to abdicate my control to anything, you know, and I mean, as a human, isn't our freedom, like the basis of the coolest life, like what it is that we have to do, we don't have to follow other people. And we don't have to impress them with our knowledge of the news now, whatever. I mean, there's almost nothing new here. Yeah. It's like right now, yeah, that it's, we're in a serious, you know, place. It's global pandemic. Yeah. And we're informed and responsible, staying home, washing our hands, working virtually, doing those things. But that's it. Apart from that, I mean, I, I'm focusing on anything else I would in any other period. So okay. I think, yeah, the power of our intention is, is really, like, it's, it's wonderful. And if you kind of remember that each day, I think that's the thing that brings me the most joy, knowing that I have control over my mind. And no matter what, like, it's always going to kind of come back to me and my interpretation mm. uh, of any life event that's going to keep me, keep me okay. That's pretty so true. Pretty And I think definitely this is why I'm so excited about this next question because I I just feel you epitomize the reality of being, and obviously, you know, like a social media influencer, you know, Mm -hmm. for some um, in that, in the world, in the realm that we're in would be looking to you as someone that provides them with this positivity, this empowerment, these solutions, you know, support. But I think that the way that you live your life is actually the epitome of reality rather than social reality, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I kind of want to pick up on that because I think from where we started, you know, looking at numbers and I think, yes, when you're beginning and if you're listening to this, of course, they do allow you to reach more people and the more exposure you have, the more you can spread your message. And of course, that's always a positive, but it shouldn't be a a driving force or something that consumes you and makes you feel less about what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. just the fact maybe you need more time to continue doing it. So mm-hmm. if you were to then, because obviously, you know, the, the book's called Stop Checking Your Likes, which is, <laughs> I mean, hello, who isn't doing that? Let's be honest. Everyone's looking at the post like, oh my God. How many likes uh, did I get? Yeah. yeah. But mm. if you were to then give a piece of advice to that type of woman, you know, the one that is mm. has such a mission and a passion and this big heart, and I know everyone listening to this is that woman. They have this real desire to share and make a positive change in the world. Mm-hmm. But to them, there's a but. Mm-hmm. They aren't reaching as many people as they want or they're not finding their ideal client or they're just, they feel like it's falling on deaf ears, shall we say. Mm. And they lose that, they lose their belief. They lose that zest in what they're doing. What would you say to them using the message behind the book? Mm, yeah, no, it's a great question. Uh, first of all, when you have those ups and down moments, people not liking your content, thinking, you know, nobody's paying attention. Uh, that's normal, right? I think you're not alone in that. That's very common. I think that never goes away, right? No matter what you put out there and what you kind of create your expectations, your expectations, I think change a little bit, but overall those feelings kind of stay with you. I think it's, it's a very common human experience. What I think we have to remember, Samantha, is, I mean, if I could give like one message, and I, I feel like this is probably the most valuable one, which is the fact, and it's a fact, that our worthiness is not like up for question. No matter what you've done, no matter how people respond to you, like no matter what you've experienced, where you've come from, like our worthiness is completely undeletable. Nothing can shift it or reduce it. There's a funny, like, I guess, joke I put in my book where I said, you know, if you just say you go hiking with your friends somewhere and you, you know, after a few hours, you just, you go missing, right? So Samantha, like, where, where is she? <laughs> you know, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Would your friends say, or the group of people you're with who don't even know you, would they say, wait, is she worth rescuing? Like, is she verified on Instagram? <laughs> like, let's see how many followers she has. <laughs> like, so your life your life is meaningful. Human life is equal. It's meaningful. And there's nothing that you can do or not do that can call that into question ever. And so when we put our feelings of worthiness or, you know, our feelings of self-esteem in the hands of other people who can like or not like us, it's absurd. It's completely absurd. Like, the fundamental truth here is that you can feel that way, but that's a decision you're making. And that's an interpretation that you're making. Whereas your worth, your value as a human being, the miracle that's your life, that is never in question. And we know that. At our deepest level, we know that. But we get caught up in a lot of nonsense. Don't we? Mm, like, and I think we can just keep remembering that. Like, just keep coming back to it. I feel as if we, if we even 10% realize just, you know, 10% let it in, I'm worthy. That's it. That's it. End of story. How would, like, how would our lives change? Like, what would we just go for as well? Knowing it's worth, like, if anyone is entitled to success, everyone is entitled to success. It's not like the ocean is just for a few select people, right? Or like the gorgeous palm trees, they're just for a few select people. Their eyes only. It's for everyone. 
And so that's true. It. So true. <laughs> People don't come to LA and then they're like, not allowed to see countries. That is so true. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because it's only for the verified people, Samantha. You can't look at the palm trees, you can't look at the ocean. I mean, that is so true. Yeah, so that's how I think about it. And remembering my worthiness, when things go wrong, it's when, when we need to remember it the most. And when there's kind of all these negative emotions that we experience. Uh, and the worthiness is what will bring you confidence, like this kind of un shakeable kind of steadiness that doesn't mean bad things won't happen they will always to all of us there'll always be uncertainty and pain in all of our lives uh but it, it means that when the things happen you're you're gonna that, that steadiness will will means that you'll you'll be better when they do happen that has sparked my next question actually you know when you said when things go wrong it's when you need to stay and recognize your worthiness more than ever mm-hmm. I know this for myself and I definitely know the people listening and I for sure know that this will have happened to you mm-hmm. there have been times some more recent than others since starting my business where I have sat down and just broke down and said to Lou. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if I have what it takes. Like, this is tough, you know? This is a tough game. Can I do it? Am I resilient enough? You know, maybe something happened or I had a negative DM or whatever it might be, which is very few and far between, but something happened that made me question my ability to keep going. Mm. And before I then came out of that, I did. You have, you have that moment where you're just sat in this hole of thinking, Ah, is there an easier route? Mm -hmm. When can you maybe just share an example or a time or a period where since starting your business you found yourself in that conflict and then talk about what what practical things or mindset shifts did you make to not let that make you quit? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, these ups and downs <laughs> that we experience, again, I think they never go away. There's never a time, no matter how much money you make or like whatever, there's, it's always like, uh, you know, is this going to work? Have I, have I messed up? Did I, did I make a really big mistake with this decision that I made, this thing that I put out, like, you know, whatever it is, I think it never goes away. So kind of expecting that, first of all, is helpful. Knowing that, hey, why is it supposed to be so easy? We just kind of sit back and it's like, yeah, it's just fun all the time. Like everyone would be doing it. <laughs> everyone would be doing it and everyone would be killing it. So expecting it to be easy, I think already in the beginning is a little bit tricky. Mm. You know, thinking, oh, um, they're not meant to be like any struggles or any conflicts or fallouts with people. I mean, a lot of things, you know, a lot of things happen. And I think sometimes when we have these meltdowns and I'm thinking about, I mean, I have them... I, I think I have them less now just because I think experience also brings, because, you know, if, if things go wrong the first time, you're like, oh my gosh, my life's over. But yeah. the next time, the next time you're like, I bounce back each time, right? So experience just, make you, just makes you better. But I think that when the meltdowns happen, sometimes I just need to have a little break, right? Mm-hmm. And some, because at my core, I know I won't give up, right? The, the real me is like, like a pit bull. You know, <laughs> but sometimes like when I, when I have a breakdown, like a meltdown, I'm like, oh, this sucks. This, why is it? Why didn't this happen? Why aren't my ads working? Why, uh, why didn't this launch work? You know, why aren't these people like collaborating with me? You know, like whatever, it, like whatever it may be. Mm. I think sometimes I just need to have a self, like a self-indulgent moment <laughs> and yeah. a break. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? Like what's wrong with having some self-compassion saying, you know what, I'm going to feel crap for a couple of days and that's okay. Yeah. And I'm allowed to have like some time off. 
I think that's really important actually because people don't do that and I definitely yeah. when I started wouldn't because I felt like maybe it made me weak or it meant mm. that people would judge me you know I don't know like I had to be some kind of robot which is crazy um yeah. I definitely think that there's so much power in allowing ourselves to just feel bad for a few days and then yeah you you, you process it almost do you think that that from a mindset perspective, the, the processing time is sometimes more valuable than the actual emotion. Mm, I think it's the main thing is like the permission to feel the things, right? Instead of saying, oh, let me just skip over it. I'm, I'm okay. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm healed now. <laughs> you know, which we, we can power through sometimes if we really have to. But instead, just saying, you know, I'm not going to resist it. I feel really upset, you know, and I feel frankly a bit betrayed by the universe because I followed the calling and it's not working. Mm. you know to allow those feelings to come because you know when you don't resist them they kind of go away pretty quickly if you're like and then what else like what else am I feeling you know and you kind of like let it out you know have a cry speak to somebody who'll just like kind of listen and not even offer advice when you kind of don't resist like resistance is the tricky thing right because you it, it feels worse when you're resisting it so I feel like kind of letting it out letting it happen having some self-compassion, which is really the only self-help there is, I think that's okay. And remember, the worthiness is not deletable, right? So if you need a couple of days off, you need to cancel something, you're just as worthy as you were five minutes ago. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, my yeah. God. I literally, I'm learning so many things. I have another question, but I think you might have more than three words, but I really want to try and create a little bit of change. Mm -hmm. So if you were to describe your mission with mm. like you said with writing this book I mean your business was well established way before you didn't have to write the book it ha it's not something that you needed to spend like you said these three years up midnight oh yeah that uh facial expressions which you can't see but that <laughs> that moment when you just go oh that yes um if you were to give like three words for the mission of what you want this book to do Mm -hmm. what would those three words be? Remember your freedom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't freedom the, the best feeling? Yeah. Like what's, what's a better feeling? And we have it. We oh just... God, that's not what I expected you to say. But I don't know what I expected yeah. you to say, but I mean, yeah, wow. Remember your freedom. What's better than freedom? I, I think about it. It's about the like, isn't... Okay. Isn't happiness the goal of all other goals, right? If you want like a yacht, a friendship, a man, a holiday, like whatever it is, it's because you think it'll make you happy, right? Mm -hmm. And the basis of feeling happy is often just feeling very free. That's why I think a lot of us want money, right? Because money equals freedom. And look, that's true in a lot of cases. It gives you a lot of options. It's not the only thing. But freedom is the thing and it's already available to us. Think about how much control we have over our lives, over our minds, over our decisions, over our actions. So I think just remembering that and not putting this like self-imposed prison and limits based on, you know, upsetting others, not following the beliefs of others, standing out, being criticized. You know what, Samantha? This is what I've realized. We get confidence wrong. And I've written about confidence for years, right? This is a topic where I just, it, it's my favorite thing. And what I've realized that all confidence is, right? It's very simple and it's quiet, which is simply the ability and the willingness to experience negative emotion. That's mm -hmm. it. Right. But think about it. We'll do anything to avoid pain. 
I won't do that thing. I won't start that. I won't ask that person out. I won't pitch this. I won't, because it's like you open yourself up for even like a wink of pain. What if you just thought, you know what? Yeah, I might feel some pain. It's a temporary emotion moving through my body, just like positive emotions, like clouds in the sky, all emotions. And what if um, that would be okay with me? Oh my God. Then what? So true. What wouldn't you do, Samantha? You would do everything. You'd yeah. like run for office. Like you'd do whatever. You'd be like, I could take That's it. Perfect. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I say that is so true. If you, if I, even when I sit here and think about that now, if I wasn't scared, of, like my biggest fear, I'd say I'm quite relentless. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm good. very good at, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. I will do anything. You know, if you said to me, you have to do X, Y, and Z, I would do it. The, the one emotion that I'm, that that level of discomfort is always too much for me is rejection. Oh, my book is for you. There is a chapter called Fall Madly in Love with Rejection. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, um, Susie sends it to me. That's the only reason I say, yeah, I know. But by the time you read this, it will be ready for you, obviously. But I mean, uh, listen to this, sorry. But um, that's my biggest discomfort. And that mm. is, you know, part of childhood. And I, I recognize it. Mm-hmm. But when you just said that, if I didn't have the the fear of that discomfort of rejection, even thinking about it now excites me. Yes. Oh, see, because your inner wise inner being is like, oh, yes, there's something that's, here for us. That's the thing, because at, you know when you were saying in your core, you know you won't give up. Like in my core, I know what I'm capable of. Yes, you do. But if I if I then also remind my core that this rejection, you know, like nothing could be like what it was, you know, when you're saying, you know, obviously as a child and the things you go through as a young adult and everything you've been through. And of course people can read that in the first few chapters, but all of that, as, as you, when you were saying about experience, even now I know that nothing will ever beat the rejection that I had, you know, it will never be mm-hmm. that bad, but it is more the, the thought of it. But if I then now I'm able to reframe the fact that that the, even if the feeling does happen, it's temporary. What am I waiting for? Oh, Samantha, I'm excited for you. Like, unleash it, baby. I'm telling you, rejection is an illusion. It's an interpretation. And what one of the first exercises I do if someone's terrified of rejection is I'll say, can you just give me like three recent examples of where you rejected somebody? And it can be anything, yeah. anything. And then I say, you know, was it really personal? Were you like, sorry, I can't collaborate with you right now because, you know, you're Oh my God, that is so true. Are you like, I can't wait to ruin this person so I'm going to reject them and I'm thinking about them all day. You're like, no, it's just like not the right time right now or not the right fit right now. But don't we take it differently? Oh, that story that we spoke. Wow. Listen, I hope you're, the people listening, they've basically had, I've had a free coaching session. (laughs) Awesome, right? Awesome. Okay, well, if you were to then, based on that, this is my final question, I could ask you a million more, but I mean, you know, we can't just stay here. <laughs> Why not? I know, I know, I love it. If you, based on that then, I'd love to know, what was your, what was the emotion that was that discomfort for you? Mm. You had to realise, this isn't going to stop me. It's not going to define me. It's not going to dictate what I do. Or, or was there like a set of thoughts or limiting beliefs or something you had to unlock? Because for you to be able to say... Now, you know, confidence is the knowing and willingness to recognize and accept the negative emotions. There had to have been a point that you had to do that. Yeah, I think that um, 
and look, everyone has varying levels of success, business revenue. I mean, all the things, like all the things that we kind of, you know, give attention to. But I think that the, the common thread is knowing that this kind of discomfort, it's ever present, always. Mm. And frankly, if it's not, maybe you're not pushing yourself enough. Mm. Like if I, you know, kind of gave up everything and it was, you know, just hanging out and I had nothing to be afraid of, that wouldn't feel good either because that would just be like me coasting, wasting my precious time, wasting my life. And we say we're wasting time, but we're wasting ourselves. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like it's more make, making a peace with the daily discomfort and knowing that it's kind of always there and it's, you know, that's okay. It's kind of always there like anything else, like kind of in, in your life, but it's not going to be the thing that makes the decisions. It's not going to be in control. So I feel as if the negative emotions, like a, a general uncertainty, you know, like what's going to, what's going to unfold, what's next. It can be uncomfortable. It can also be pretty magical, this feeling, because it's true for all of us. Um, so I think just making peace with knowing that there'll always be, you know, a percentage of the emotion that isn't going to feel great, right? It's always going to be a little bit like, oh, is that the right thing? Are you sure? Is that safe? You know, and we mean like psychological safety here, you know, obviously not physical safety unless you're doing cool, cooler things than me. But yeah, I feel like making peace with the fact that it's, it's always going to be there and knowing that it, I'm stronger than that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, I've got one more. I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 I love it. Not, yeah, so please, you know, you've got to bear with me whilst I have her. <laughs> you up all the information. <laughs> so if you were, uh, to be fair, I mean, the listeners won't care. They'll be like, keep talking. Work or doing something or in the bath or making dinner. And they're like, I've still got five more minutes before the pasta's ready. Keep talking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm on a podcast I'll like wait outside my front door until it finishes because I don't want my husband to, like, to drop yeah. me <laughs> Sorry, I'll wait in my car before it finishes right if, do you have because I think this would be really I know you will I just know it do you have like a, an affirmation or a mantra or a motto or a phrase or something that you tell yourself speak out loud you know as a as a belief on a regular basis and if you do what is it Yes, I do. Because I think that as humans, there's always going to be work that we have to do, right? There's going to be this effort on our part, no matter what. And we're required to step up and use courage, right? To get anything worth getting, you know, to be, do and have. So that's, that will always be true. But I think that we overcomplicate everything. We sweat it way more than we need to. And we'll try and complicate everything because we don't feel quite worthy of the result yet. Or even success can be scary, you know? So my mantra is let it be easy. Mm. always I'm always repeating this and I'm thinking how can how can this be as easy as possible like what's the path of least resistance for everything and I'm telling you like there's always an easier way when you think about it and the people who are having fun aren't complicating every single step yeah let it be easy that's so let it be easy Mm. I've never been one for making things easy for myself (laughs) right well you know what think about it try it yeah. I think, again, this can come down to worthiness. It's like, no, I have to sweat for every dollar. Unless my eyes are bleeding, I'm doing it wrong. You know, it's like, well, maybe not. Maybe, I think, again, I would say, look at the history you have with the universe. Haven't a lot of good things just come to you? Mm. Right? Like maybe meeting your husband, maybe somebody didn't struggle with fertility, maybe had a great job offer, maybe you met a great collaborator, like maybe you found a great apartment and it just kind of happened. It was easy. 
yeah. I always kind of look to those examples and I seek them out. Let it be easy. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I'm so grateful that we, one, got brought together, but two, are able to have this conversation because I think it is something that isn't spoke about enough. You know, the reality mm-hmm. of, I say this in the intro of the podcast, but the offline story to the online success, mm. you know, there's not, there's not enough connection to that offline world and who we are as people and behind the photo or the, or the likes and the comments, you know, who we actually are as individuals and the fact that we're just people too. We're just mm. navigating in our own way. And I think it's so, so helpful for, for us to have this conversation, but also just so important, I think, for the wider world to have a connection to the, the offline, because sometimes mm. that's the thing that we forget now to, to bring to the table, because there is so much online. Mm. Um, and I am going to, obviously, leave your Instagram handle so people can stalk you. And <laughs> or, obviously, people love a stalk, I do. And the link to buy your book thank you if you could let me yeah if you send me that as well Mm -hmm, we're obviously recording this ahead of the book being out but when you're listening to this you'll be able to get it because it's on proof yeah um so that will be there and then also if you have any questions anything you want to share I know that you'd be more than happy for people to dm you yeah absolutely Perfect. Yeah, so that wasn't this fun. Oh, I love it. I honestly, I love it. I think do you know, and I think even for me, it's very easy to forget when you're online. You know, for example, when we first met, and I was like, "Wow, you know, she's got like seventy plus thousand followers." Yeah. And then we go on this conversation, and you realise. Uh, uh, someone said to me once, "All you can do is ask." And you've said mm. that, you know, like all you can yeah. do is ask. And yes, you, someone might say no, but on the, pod, on the interview we were doing, Susie asked me, can she be on the podcast? And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say no. But it's true. But I think as well, yeah. it's easy for me, for example, to think, oh, you know, like she's going to be too busy. She's got too much going on. And make the decision for you. Let's say mm. we but then now when people listen to this, like we're just normal people. So if they're looking and listening and thinking, oh, you know, I want to collaborate. I want to have guest interviews and I want to have all these people. I think this is just a really good reminder to, to everyone. We're all in this together. And people, like you said, they don't say no because they don't like you. Maybe they're too busy, but then they might say yes. Mm-hmm. And every time you don't ask, the answer's always no. That's so right? true. So don't, don't like give yourself, like don't miss out on the shot. Like give it, give it to yourself. Give yourself the opportunity. You never know. There are some real yeses out there that can surprise you. I'm calling this podcast safety is not the goal. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) It epitomizes the whole point, the purpose and the intention of the book around freedom. But I think it's also really important for us to remember that and even for me that's probably been one of my biggest takeaways I'm about 20 but that's one of the biggest ones you know safety is not our goal honestly Susie thank you so much thank you so much Samantha this was so much fun thank you running a business can be hard and running a business alone as a solopreneur is even harder If you are fed up of figuring it out on your own, making mistakes and struggling alone, trying to learn as you go, taking one step forward and feel like you take two steps backwards, there is always more that we can learn together. 
The BMA is the place for you. I'm extending a warm invite for you to join the place for female entrepreneurs to support and empower one another, to seek high level coaching and mentorship from me, and to have access to invaluable resources, templates, and worksheets for you to succeed, scale your businesses, and grow together. As an affordable, low investment every month, the BMA couldn't be more perfect for you. The Bold Moves Academy is focused at coaching female entrepreneurs in what they need most to accelerate their business and make the progress they deserve. Building a successful business doesn't have to be lonely and it certainly doesn't have to be complicated. I can't wait to see you inside the BMA today.